He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. This is the word of Jesus Christ as recorded in the gospel according to St. John chapter 14, verse 12. This is a big commission and some words that's suddenly startling to us. Let's look at the works of Jesus for a moment. Jesus walked along the sandy shores. One day he met a man that came from among the tombs as he got out of the boat and started up that shore. That man was mentally bound. He was physically tormenting himself and he was morally and spiritually filled with the powers of Satan. And Jesus cast these spirits out and told them to go, and the man was free. He did something with just the words, I command you to come out of the man. And the power of the Spirit, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, Acts 10, 38. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed to the devil. And through the power of the Spirit and the spoken word, a man was free mentally, physically, and spiritually. Something that society was not able to do because the Bible records that many times they would bind him with chains and he had such supernatural strength through the powers of Satan that he'd break those chains asunder. It was dangerous for anyone to pass that way. He was naked, cutting himself with stones, living among the tombs. And just the words, I command you to come out of the man. He was a new man. He was clothed and sound and in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus and saying, As you fellows get in this boat, let me go with you. I love you. I want to go with you. The change that took place. This is great power. And Jesus said, You'll do greater works than that. It's startling to think about a leper coming into the presence of Jesus with flesh falling from the bone and he touched him and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. How he broke the loaves and the fishes. How he stood at the tomb of Lazarus and he said, roll away that stone. The man is dead four days. He said, Lazarus, come forth and he raised the dead. This is great power. And yet Jesus looks back to the church today and said, the work that I do, ye shall do also, and greater works. Now let's establish in our mind what is the greater work. All right. One day Jesus carried a cross. And he came to that place called Calvary, and there he bore our sins and his own body on the tree. He died for you and me to redeem us and save our souls. An eternal blessing, not a temporal, not an earthly, not one that's for a few days, but an eternal blessing to be put into the family of God through the born-again experience and the supernatural power of God. This is the greater work of redeeming a soul. And if today I had my choice of seeing the dead raised or the sick healed 
And I do not limit the power of God. God can do all things. For God to be God must be all-powerful. And if there's one power in the world that God cannot conquer, then that power is God. God means all-powerful. But the work that Jesus prophesied that we, the church, would do is the greater work. And Jesus died for the sins of the world, but when he was speaking here, he's speaking of his earthly ministry for Jesus, spoke to a number of people, but not the number that we're able to speak to now at this present time because there's more people alive. And many believed his gospel and many were saved because of the gospel he preached. For God so loved the world, he gave his son and Christ died for the sins of the world. And this is the simple gospel. And Jesus looked forward and he said, you preach it, someone will believe it. And they'll have the eternal or the greater work is the salvation of a soul. And you're going to be able to do greater works than I've been able to do in my earthly ministry. The revival that I am expecting, the latter outpouring of God's Spirit, is an outpouring of God's Spirit to go out into the harvest field and win the lost to the kingdom of God before Christ returns. The scripture promises a moral, spiritual awakening. And I'm not expecting the kind of a revival throughout the world where we'll raise the dead and heal every sick person that comes, cast out evil spirits, that's possible. And I believe in it, and I believe that God's power must have it. If it does not have it, then he's not God, because God must be all-powerful. Remember that. And so he said, greater works than these shall you do, and the salvation of a soul. Now, I do not save a soul. This church does not save a soul. It's the gospel and Jesus dying at Calvary that saves souls. So we'll do the greater work by presenting the gospel. By giving the gospel to people. And if one soul saved, that's a miracle. If two souls are saved, that's a greater miracle. Now, why would Jesus look forth and see this closing moments of this dispensation and say, you can have a greater miracle than I have had. Well, it's pretty simple. If we get the marbles in line like they belong, first of all, and I've said this so often, as I preach the salvation story and tell people about Jesus, it never grows old. Why give an invitation and pray with people? I continue to pray with people, and I hope I always pray with people until the Lord comes. It never gets old. The gospel never gets old, but the Bible said, pure, uh, stir up your pure minds in way of remembrance. And I want us to stir up our minds here for a moment and do some solid thinking. And then these next four weeks, I want us to get things straight according to the scripture and God's plan. And if we can get our plans with God's plan, then we can have the greater work in this generation. You can be a part of it. You mean to tell me that the Christian that's sitting on these seats can have a part in a greater work than the work of Jesus? And I'm speaking of his earthly ministry, not his deity, not his virgin birth, not his sacrificial atonement at Calvary, but his earthly ministry. And this is what Jesus was talking about, his earthly ministry. The redemption of a soul is the greatest miracle, God's eternal miracle. For Lazarus was raised from the grave and then he died the second time. People were healed, and yet they died. But the ones that are redeemed and put into the family of God have eternal life, and this is the greatest miracle, and you must remember that. 
If you do not remember that, then you will not pray for God's greatest miracle. You will not believe for God's greatest miracle. You'll only want to deal with the things that are temporal and earthly and for a season. And we're all interested in our minds and in our bodies, but we need to be interested in our souls that they're in tune with the Lord and ready for the Lord's return. For the next great event is the return of Christ. The reason Jesus said this is very simple. In his day, there were not many people in comparison to the people we have now. I've said it so often, I say it again. It took 5,830 years for men to multiply from Adam and Eve. 5,830 years until breathing at one time was one billion people. It took only 100 years and there were two billion people. It took only 33 years and there were three billion people. And now within 10 years, there'll be a fourth billion upon the face of the earth. There are more people alive and breathing while I speak to you now than have lived and died from Adam and Eve until now. Then our problems have multiplied. Our needs are greater. But our God is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. He can supply all our needs according to his riches through Christ Jesus. And I believe that with all my heart. In this moment and hour when there's so many people and so many needs that need to be met, we still have Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And our God is alive and on the throne. He hears and answers prayer. And then the duty is to believe that God is interested in these people. Joel talked about that former reign and that latter reign. The outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost for the reading of this Holy Ghost dispensation. And let us remember there's the age when God dealt with man in the Old Testament. Jesus dealt with man during his earthly ministry. And he said, I go away and I send you another comforter. And everything that is done in this dispensation is done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Whether it's conviction of sin, whether it's salvation and enthroning Christ in our hearts, whether it's healing or miracles or an answer to prayer, it's all in this Holy Ghost dispensation. And so he said there will be the former outpouring and there will be the latter outpouring. And I've often mentioned as Joel typed it to the rains of Palestine that the former rains came in October for what? The planting of the seed. Spasmodic showers through the winter months for the growth of the seed. And then in April, the latter rain or the outpouring as Joel chapter 2 talks about for the harvest. We have had that former outpouring and the establishing of the early New Testament church and we've had those spasmodic showers and we are now at the end of this Holy Ghost dispensation when God has promised in his word there would be a latter outpouring and that latter outpouring is for what? For the harvest and everything that we do should be pointed toward the harvest of winning souls. Not establishing new churches, new ideas, new doctrines, new organizations, and for new growth, but for the readying of the harvest. If this be true, then God has provided into our hands something more than that to make it possible to do that greater work. He has placed in our hands, first of all, communications and the media, radio, television, fast travel, printed page, making it possible to preach to the masses of humanity that now are alive upon the face of the earth. And it's hard for me to believe 
that a little over 20 years ago that we felt the burden to use this mass media and to go into the television. And now today as I stand here, some 367 stations in the United States and Canada and stations around the world in Africa, South America, in Manila, in Tokyo and other places are carrying this church service into the homes and into the lives of many, making it possible for more to hear the gospel in one generation than have heard the gospel from the beginning of time until now. This is the greater work that God wants. Why, if we had the power to go out and raise the dead, they'd die again because it's pointed unto every man to die. But oh, the power and the anointing to preach the simple message of salvation that man's in a fallen race and God loved that fallen race and sent his son. Christ died at that place called Calvary and we can come by faith and receive Jesus Christ and through a supernatural birth be taken out of the Adam race and into the God race, be born into the family of God and have the greater work take place in our hearts and lives that is eternal and no man can take it away during many ages christians were killed burned to the stake but they didn't take away their faith nor their hope and no matter who you are where you are you can have this hope you may be poor you may be rich you may be young you may be old but whosoever will may come and drink of the waters of life freely and we are now in that time when god wants to do the greater work. Then should we not as a church planned to use the media that God has given unto us that the greater work might be done? You say, what are you telling me about it for, Rex? Because your prayer should be for the lost. Your time, your talent, your money, your effort, your influence should be used in a program that is taking the gospel to the masses of people. For this is in God's plan. You should pray daily for the outpouring of God's spirit. You should be a personal witness as well as be involved in a program to reach the masses for Jesus Christ. And if you're not, then you're not expecting that greatest of miracle to take place. You will not be a part of what Jesus promised. But someone else will. When you and I are not faithful... As the song that the cathedral singers had today, I cannot fail the Lord. And there are times we say, how, Lord? We don't understand, Lord. But it's his program, and we preach his word, and we're believing for the greater miracle. I believe before the return of Christ, there will be a latter outpouring of God's spirit throughout the world. And through simple faith, people will receive Jesus Christ into their hearts and lives. And there can be the greatest spiritual awakening that the world has ever had. And in one generation, we can see more souls saved than from the day that Jesus was here and gave us this promise. Because of travel, public media, the billions of people that are on the face of the earth, and the need and the gospel still has not lost its power. I want us to believe that. The world will wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. But if we had a billion souls saved, we'd have three billion still lost. 
They're going to wax worse and worse, wars and rumors of wars, and I'll continue each week for four weeks in regard to the return of Christ and the moment we live in. And this is one of the promises that must be fulfilled before Christ comes. And I feel we're on the verge of it now. Today I ask you if Jesus were to come, are you ready? Are you prepared? Is your heart right with God? I want to pray. Let us bow our heads, please. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, how many men and women and boys and girls in this room can say, Rex Humbard, if I know my heart, there's not a doubt nor a fear nor a sin nor a habit or nothing between me and God. And today, if Jesus were to come now, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I'm ready to meet the Lord. How many are sure of that? Slip up your right hand to Jesus. Thank you. May take it down. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I believe in prayer. And I believe that greatest of all miracles can be yours, and you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt you're ready to meet the Lord. I want to pray a special prayer for every man, woman, boy, and girl that could not lift your hand then, but you'll say, Rex Humbard, I believe in prayer, and as you pray, I want you to pray for me. I could not lift my hand then, but I'd like to be able to pray for me in this special prayer. Every person that could not lift your hand then, but you'd like to be able to, and you'll say, Rex, pray for me. Lift up your right hand to Jesus. We up high all over the room. How many want prayer? Put your hand up today. Keep lifting them. Any others? Let us all stand, please. I told you I was going to prayer, and I'm going to prayer now. I've prepared a place where those of you that lifted your hand might come and kneel at this altar while I pray this prayer for you. While the choir sings, every person that lifted your hand, step right into the aisle. Come here, kneel at this altar. Maybe you did not lift your hand, you need prayer. You come today and let's talk to God. You can be sure you're ready should Jesus come. Come on today. Jesus Christ and accept him as my only Savior. Make me ready when you come 
or when I die. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to believe God answers prayer. Let's see.